Welcome to the Brunch and Slay podcast, your weekly dose of inspiration. Well, we remember that if she can, I can, we all can. I'm your host, Amira Sain, founder of Brunch and Slay, a lifestyle brand created to inspire women to live their best life every day. You know, there was one quality or one thing that had a thorn in my side that I was really hoping wouldn't bleed into this new decade. And that's imposter syndrome, right? We talked about it. We've heard about it. We know what it is. And we are confident, strong women. We are women who are game changers. Why on earth are we still doubting ourselves? Why after going to university and grad school and working with our family and years of experience, are we still doubting that we have and deserve a seat at the table? Well, if you're wondering that just like me, then you're going to enjoy today's episode. I think sometimes that we are wondering about it because we're human. (laughs) We're human. And if we don't continue to hear that we are capable, see that we are capable and see others who are capable and hear their stories, we forget just how grand we are and how purposeful our being here on this beautiful place we call planet Earth is. And today's guest, Melissa Hibbert, is a woman who understands the power of beauty and feeling comfortable in your own skin and what belonging really means. Um, I think as we hear this term now, it's a great phrase, right? Belonging, becoming, all those things. And we often forget that it's baby steps that make giant leaps, right? In order to be able to make a leap, you got to learn how to walk, right? And learn how to walk, you got to crawl, right? And that's just how it goes. So in today's episode, we talk about imposter syndrome, pivoting, and keeping focus, you know, how to eliminate self-doubt and overcoming. And Melissa Hibbert is a woman who is a master with her brush. She is a professional makeup artist uh, who has done and brushed the faces of so many. She shares a beautiful story about when she met Oprah and how it came to be. And I think you're going to love it because you guys know how much I love me some auntie. Oh, oh my gosh. I know she doesn't like to be called auntie, but girl, it is a compliment. It is the highest form of compliment. Right. But no, enjoy the show. I think you're going to love Melissa's energy, her tenacity and her sense of anchor, her anchor, the way she's anchored in her family and her beliefs and her vision. So enjoy the show. Well, you guys know that I love pretty things and I really love pretty people. But most importantly, I love pretty people who are pretty on the inside. Yes, I said it and I mean it, y'all. There's something about a woman who is not afraid to pivot, who is owning her own space and will not let anyone else define it. That makes me want to say, go girl, go and scream it loud from the mountaintops, which is why I'm excited to have today's guest on the show. She is a mother. So, you know, I'm already feeling all the feels. She's a celebrity makeup artist. You'll know why as soon as I hear her name, you hear her name. Uh, She's a beauty entrepreneur, brand consultant, a licensed esthetician who is COVID-19 certified. So she does not play or cut any corners. She's also an author. So help me welcome to the show the fabulous Miss Melissa Hibbert. Hello there, lady. How are you? I'm fantastic. (laughs) Wow. What an introduction. My goodness. I'm blushing over here. 
Hey, it's all you. You know, I had to bring my 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 zhuzh for you. I had to go ahead, right? <laughs> well, you did that. You did that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. So I I was telling Melissa before we began the interview how I've really admired her branding and her womanhood from afar for years. Um, the way she carries herself, and as a melanin-rich woman, the way she just says, "Baby, these colors are made for me." Ah. It just it just speaks to me. So well done. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I know that for, you know a lot of folks are listening may have not uh, been as enamored as me, and and, and just been introduced to you here kind of recently through brunchofslay.com. But your journey is so unique to me. Uh, you were a woman who was in corporate America. You you did like a lot of us. You went to college. You got your degree. You came from a hardworking family who expected great things of you and you you met them there. Right. And somewhere along in that career, you decided this is not answering my call anymore. Correct. Yeah. And you did some serious self, self-reflecting back in 2012. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that and, and how what triggered it and how you went into your transition confidently. Yeah. You know, it, it, it has been quite a journey when I look back at where, you know, I come from, I am an, you know, an immigrant from Jamaica, you know, born in Kingston, Jamaica, you know, into poverty, no running water, no electricity. And my, you know, my mother was like, you know what, we need to give you guys a better life. And so I need to make this sacrifice and move us, (laughs) you know, uh, across the country and to start a new life. And with that intent, um, you know, she made sure that we had everything that we needed, um, you know, to, from the outside looking in, you know, they, they may think that we had it all, but you know, it was challenging seven children, um, you know, trying to make a life, but that level now looking back at my mother's, uh, tenacity and, and, and resilience and strength when it was time for me to make a lot of decisions in my life, I leaned on that, you know, cause I realized like, Oh wow. You know, this is who I come from. This is, this is what I'm made of. It's already in me. So, uh, you know, transitioning, making, uh, having such a, a strong career in corporate marketing after leaving college and deciding not, not to go to law school. It was, it was for me to be young and to be an executive and to be traveling around the world and doing and working for some of the top brands and managing budgets and people and, you know, and and doing all of the things that I felt, um, not only was I capable of doing, but I was being rewarded for like the work that I did. I was one of those college students that never took a, never took a spring break. I worked my butt off, never took a summer break. I worked my butt off. I worked for law firms and corporate firms and high end car dealerships everywhere and anywhere that I could gain knowledge and experience because I needed that resume resume to be thick when I was done with college. And it was, I had five job offers in my first week in New York city, you know, and I, I never, I never looked back after 14 years in corporate America. Uh, you know, I felt like I had hit more than the ceiling. It was like, God was like, Nope, no ceiling. It's a whole shift for you. You know, you need to, um, this is happening for you at a, for a reason at this time. And so making that decision was really about understanding that I, I was not necessarily walking away from corporate. I was just walking into, you know, what I'm, you know, my, my true calling, that thing that I discovered when I was 14 years old and felt passionate about, um, when I picked up my first lipstick. So it was really, you know, it it was really just a matter of accepting that the shift was meant 
for my good and, and nothing else. <laughs> no, I love that. And, you know, one of the things I often wonder about, especially coming from um, a family that has sacrificed so much to bring you here and expect great things from you, right? As if, you know, all parents do. But I always wonder what that conversation is like when you go to those folks who've been cheering for you and, and pinching every penny so that you can make it and you say, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. What was that like? Was it was it one of those things you kind of kept to yourself until you figured it out? Or did you immediately share your thoughts and how how was it received? Well, some people, you know, got the, the mystique of it, meaning there was just some people that you just couldn't tell. Right. And I believe that it's necessary to keep your um, make moves in silence. Right. But I also believe in sharing your moves with people who are going to amplify them as well. And you, you have to be really discerning when you, you know, when you really think about it. And I knew my parents, you know, were the amplifiers and I know who were, you know, sort of the one, the, the ones that were not going to be so happy about the, you know, the change and the ones that were going to sort of be an anchor to me. So I didn't share it, share those moves with them until, you know, until much later, but my parents um, were the first ones to, to know. In fact, when I took my sabbatical and was trying to figure out why, you know, this was, this shift was happening, it was them that I, it was in their kitchen at, at their home that I discovered that I got the answer. I always say that I got the answer. So, you know, they were very supportive. And in fact, they were like, we knew, you I mean, you've always been, this is what you've been doing. You know, in fact, I got mad at you when you came off the, the school bus with red lipstick, and <laughs> because red lipstick is the hardest color to remove. So I'm like, oh, it's Kool-Aid. It's this and that. And, you know, my mom is side eyeing me. So, you know, <laughs> and they all benefited from that gift. Right. Uh, Christmases, weddings, birthday parties. Oh, Melissa, can you do our makeup? Here I am like running multi-million dollar budgets in New York. But I come home and I'm just a regular old Melissa who can pull out your makeup kit and do my makeup. No one cared about my title or anything like that. So it's always been there. So my parents were very, very supportive, but so it was twofold. I moved in silence with those who I felt I needed to do it with. And then I amplified my, my, my vision with those that I knew that would support it. But I'm so glad you shared that because I'm a, I'm the queen of keeping my cards close to my chest. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that that's a tough, thing for a lot of people, especially when they're first starting out to realize that quickly, um, that you really have to be careful who you share your dreams with because it will quench, you know, your dreams. Yeah. It, you, it will literally put the fire out. And sometimes that means just letting it organically happen and letting it be revealed to you who you can share it with. Mm -hmm. um, and that's tough on a lot of people, but I, I, I recommend the same thing. Just be quiet and you, it, it will work itself out. Yeah. So, yeah. So you decided to change careers and you already had the talent and you threw yourself into educating yourself. How did you, when you first started out, I guess, did you say, I want to do celebrity makeup or you just knew you wanted to do something in the realm? You know, so the celebrity was never my thing. I just wanted to do the work of beauty and I wanted to do it excellently. And it was never, it didn't dawn on me the celebrity thing because I had already been around it. I used to work with Michael Jordan for four and a half years. Celebrity is, is not that, that, that the high profile experience and environment I was already immune to. So it was never a question of, you know, would it be possible for me? It was, it was a question. It was, it was just kind of like, oh, you know, I belong here wherever I am. I belong. Um, and so when I came into this business, uh, as a 
is a brand new beauty professional, no one cared about my corporate experience. No one cared about who I worked with and all the things that I did. What mattered was how talented are you? How talented you are you at makeup? And can you do this? <laughs> you know, can you flawlessly and beautifully? That's how you're going to get the clients. What is your? How, are you professional? Do you show up on time? What does your kit look like? Do you have great products? You know, and then the other side of it is the business side. Do you handle your invoices? Do you have a website that I can actually see your work? How do you market and promote yourself? Are you a good representation for me to even be aligned with as a production company? How do you handle yourself on set? You know, do you work efficiently? Can you save us money? Can you save us time? Do you have multiple talents? Yes, I do. I do hair and makeup and skin. Oh, wow. Well, we can pay you three times instead of one. You know, so it's all those things where your value just continues to build. And I just focused on building value. And when I built my value within six months, I started working on my first celebrity, you know, and, and I, and I used a lot of the corporate, Mike's corporate background ex- sensibilities. I brought it to beauty because it's absolutely true. I wanted things I learned every job that I took, I knew you had to make an impact very fast. That's the key to being successful in corporate America. Make an impact fast, especially if you're black. <laughs> and I learned that early. So I brought that same mindset to beauty. I mean, that's a whole book right there in itself, y'all. I don't know if y'all caught half of that. You're going to have to rewind, play it again, because that everything right there, that was Bible. <laughs> that was everything that we need to know uh, about those transitions. And I agree with you. Stay ready. Like, don't go into these projects rushing. Have your portfolio. Have your site ready. You always know that know that people are looking even when they say they aren't, right? And, and so we have to be on our on our toes with everything. And so now you've launched into brand consulting, beauty boxes. I want to know everything about what's to come because you know you're, you're that that that's your space, and you do it so well that I know that it's going to be operated in excellence. So tell me all about it. Thank you. Yeah. So COVID-19 stepped in in March. And for many of us, it was a complete shift on so many levels. And biz professionally, it was a shift for me because now my job is 100% close proximity, right? There is, you know, you can't do beauty from afar. You know, um, and so I had to really think about um, what this means for me and my business. And one of the things that I had already started doing, uh, look at God, <laughs> uh, back in January, back in December of last year, everything, one thing I do every year is in December, I start to put together my vision for the next year. I don't wait till January for all these resolutions. I put together my end of year plan going into the new year. And so I started, I wrote a personal business plan last year, not even anticipating COVID was going to happen. I created a personal business plan and I said, here's my personal mission. Here's my vision. Here are the things that I'm, here are my strengths. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can hear. I can add value because I wanted to be an influential beauty expert. I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want to just take pictures and then, you know, tell you, I love everything that I, you know, that I post. It's that's not real. What I want to be is influential. I want to be able to be an advocate for the brand and the consumer equally right? Because of my expertise and my knowledge. So I packaged all that into a personal business plan and I created a one sheet, a one page, and it it took a a great uh, headshot. And I listed out all the things that I, you know, that I could deliver and I can add value. I listed out my accomplishments and also my numbers, my, you know, statistics of my followers and all those different things. And I sent them out to a few of the brands, didn't really get a lot of hits. And so what I realized during the time of, of, of COVID, it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be more proactive. I'm not going to 
you know, I'm not going to start sending out a bunch of, uh, of, of these proposals. I'm going to email the decision maker directly and I'm going to tell them, you know, exactly what I can bring to the table. Because oftentimes the reason why you get, we get no's is because we're talking to the wrong person. And I knew who some of the business owners were for some of these brands because I, they, they had already sent me a bunch of products for me to use in my kit. So I reached out directly. And once I started to do that direct outreach, the, the yeses came much quicker. And, um, and they were like, oh, wow, absolutely. This makes total sense, you know? And a lot of them didn't necessarily know a lot about my, my, uh, my corporate background, but it even made more sense for them. They were like, oh, wow, okay, so you've got pedigree. Um, and then you've got talent. So this makes complete sense. And so that allowed me to secure a few brands that I haven't necessarily announced it yet because that's, that's forthcoming. But these brands um, that I'm working with, I am now able to give an inclusive point of view on product development. And that means that if your shades aren't right for us, they can now get right with my voice and my influence and my input. Uh, and that's, and, and, and even then the marketing and, 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 and all the other aspects of, and the, and the content creation, like I can now be a part of that decision. And I feel like it's very huge. That is massive. That's bigger than huge. You know, that I mean, seriously, a lot of times, and I'm so glad you said that about not allowing the no's or the non-responses to limit your beliefs on what you knew you could do. And I'm a firm believer that a lot of times it's not that people don't want to work with you or, or even support you. It's number one, how does what you do benefit them? And if you won't lay it out and aren't willing to say you need me because I can do A, B, C, D, E, and F for you, then you're cutting yourself, you're cutting all your hard work off in vain. You know, we could all just cold call people. But if I present it to you on a platter and as me as a business owner, if you come to me and let's say you want to intern, if you say, hey, I noticed this about your Instagram, this is what I can do to fix it. I'm probably going to call you back because you just told me that I won't have to hold your hand. Yeah. And you bring value to what I'm doing. So, man, y'all, y'all, that to, was golden nugget. <laughs> you have to be a part of the solution. And that's what they're paying you for. That's how that what makes you irreplaceable. When you come with a solution that is they're not even they haven't even thought about, you know, and now you have been you've you've risen, you know, the the, the profile of what, you know, their brand with your solution that is the holy grail right there. And I think people need to start to think and think in that way. Don't just think about, you know, oh, wow, you know, what I've done is enough. No, they oftentimes can't, they can't even ascertain what needs to happen because they're so bogged down in the everyday duties. Now you're on the outside looking in, you have a better view of what's, you know, of, of what's happening, the landscape, but you also have the greatest valuable asset for me. And as a person who's actively on social media, you can see consumer response, consumer input, consumer, um, feedback all day long. And you can take a lot of those uh, insights and go to the brand and say, you know what, when you posted that last product, 50% of your, uh, of the comments stated that they didn't feel that you're, that, that, that they're, they were represented in, you know, in, you know, in the products, they couldn't see that, that color pay off on their skin because it's too light. It's too dark. Or some of the customers complained about your customer service or some of them, you know, whatever. So those kinds of insights are like, oh, wow. If you're not even paying attention to what's happening on social media, which is where everyone is spending their time now, then, you know, you're, you're not sort of in the game. And so it's all those aspects that matter to, to a brand when you're working with them. 
More Brunch and Slay after this. When it comes to companies that I partner with, I'm intentional. I want to work with people and brands that have a heartbeat within their mission. Faraday has that. It's a brand fueled by purpose and optimism, which is very important to me. It's a family-run business making high-quality, sustainability-minded, feel-good fashions that I'm proud to wear. I wear them because of all the reasons I mentioned. They're built to last a lifetime and, I mean, they look good, which is important. I mean, how can I brunch and slay without the proper fashion? So, I'm happy to share my appreciation for all things Faraday with you. Right now, you can get 25% off of anything you purchase by listing and using the code BRUNCHSLAY. So head over to FaradayBrands.com forward slash brunch and slay. That's Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y, brands, B-R-A-N-D-S.com forward slash brunch and slay. Thank me later. And now back to brunch and slay. When people are looking to transition careers or transition to something new, we often think that the experience doesn't correlate. But I I often think that it's a map, right? One thing leads you to another. And if we don't figure out how to incorporate it so that that time isn't in vain, you're not starting over. If you, you, you didn't just graduate, right? You, you've been doing this in some capacity. You've been providing uh, a professional life and a professional income for yourself since college. Mm -hmm. So that experience matters. And I'm so glad you spoke about how you leveraged it because I get asked that question all the time from people is I'm in this career and I want to be in that one. And I know I'm going to have to start over. And who says so? Who says yeah. you have to start from the bottom, no, right? You have to look at your transferable skills. What are my transferable skills? You know, what are my skills? What, what skills did I get from each job? You know, what did I, you know, what were those, you know, those things that I did the best? What did I love the most about what I was doing? And then use those, those transferable skills and transition them to where you are. That's how I was able to do it. It's a unique position because there are not a lot of creative professionals who who have gone uh, to to um, to college, much less grad school. I also have an MBA, so I feel that there is tremendous value in being able to bring all of that into the beauty business and just find a unique, you know, carve out a unique space for myself. It's very crowded, completely oversaturated. We know this. So I always tell people that I mentor too, it's like, what makes you unique? How are you going to stand out? What's going to set you apart other than your ability to do good makeup? There are millions of people who can, you know, and you have to find out your unique position in order for you to have a sustainable and long-term career. Beauty. See, that's where that marketing background comes in, y'all. <laughs> I does, speak right. my language. I'm like, yeah, what's your unique proposition? Yes. Like, what is absolutely. that about? Yes, I agree. Those things, <laughs> I'm saying, like, what's your positioning? Like, all of those yes. things matter. Yeah, I created, yes. like, years ago, this the Beauty Pro business plan. I remember it was this business plan that I created, specifically the beauty industry. And I used some of those same languages of, like, the traditional business plan. And I just made it unique for, for beauty professionals. Because I'm like, we need to break it down so you guys understand that this is, this is necessary necessary you know it's necessary for you to look at your look at yourself as a as a business as an entity as a brand I'm, I'm just sitting here I don't know if you can see me I'm just shaking my head like yes because I I'm, I'm here for it and I, I think that that's the scariest part for most folks whether it's right out of college we have a lot of folks who listen who are now they're graduating during COVID-19 and they are terrified you know I graduated after September 11th and it was horrible, right? The markets were horrible, but you have to 
do go above and beyond. This is a time to get those internships. This is a time to take those free courses and webinars that you see online and continue to pour into yourself and reach out to people. I'm just like you. What I used to do back in the day is I would find out who was in charge and I would send them certified letters and they would have to sign mm-hmm. off on it. So this is before you could like get anybody's email. So I'm, I'm aging myself, but that's what I would do. I would send that and I would write them a personal letter talking about what I loved about the brand, the company, whatever the case may be. And it was very rare for me not to get an interview after sending. I didn't care what the money was. I'd spend a hundred dollars worth of sending out my resumes to certify, com- you know, letters uh, to people to make sure they knew I was serious. And I was, I, I didn't want to get lost in the shuffle. What could I do Smart. to stand out, you know? That's smart. I love that. Yeah. All of those elements of like really doing things differently from everybody else. Not everybody else. Not everyone's going to think about sending certified mail. You know, not everyone's going to think about that. That's a huge, that's like you owning, you know, um, where you want to be. No, you know, and that's, that's how we have to think, go after Mm -hmm. it, go after it. (laughs) <laughs> now you've had some major success and some beautiful moments throughout your career. What was the moment where you felt like you could say, mom, I made it. This is it. Like, this is that one that's, that's going down in the scrapbooks. Well, <laughs> well when I was moment? with Oprah in Santa Barbara and I did not do her makeup, but I was in the room. Right. So I was there with another talent and no one told me that Oprah was going to be on the cover with this talent. So I was with, I, I flew up to, actually we drove up to um, Santa Barbara from LA and my client, Lynn Whitfield, on the show Greenleaf, um, they wanted to do the, the, the cover of uh, Time magazine. So they gave us all the details, like, hey, this is where we're staying. You need to come to Santa Barbara at this particular time, this hotel. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I know I'm going there to work with Lynn. So lo and behold, um, I'm there working with Lynn. Her makeup and hair is done. And they, they're now setting up for the shot. And they're like, oh, can you sit in for this person because they're running late? And I'm like, okay. So here I am sitting in so they can kind of what we call block the shot. And I'm sitting in for Oprah. I'm sitting in for her, holding her. I'm holding her space so that they can block the shot and frame up the shot so that all she has to do when she walks into that door is step right in and they're ready to go because Miss Oprah, she does not play. You better have everything in in line. So that's what they knew. So they were like, okay, we need somebody to sit in. Someone who's her skin tone, someone who's her height, someone who had her hair volume. And I'm like, oh man, it was it was insane. But prior to that, I had already been working for the for the for the network. I was the first. Um, well, I believe, from what I understand, my um, black female minority contractor to provide beauty services as a company for all for their own network. So when I got my first check as a vendor and it said Oprah Winfrey Network on it, I was like, Jesus. Yes. I want to cry. I'm sitting here for you. I'm like, girl, I can't even imagine how good that felt. So everybody was, knows I love O. <laughs> yeah, girl, you and me both. Okay. Yes, yes. we are connected. But no, so that <laughs> full circle moment of that, of, of now she's walking into this room in Santa Barbara. I'm like, and then, so she's leaving and you know, everybody who wants a picture. But I was like, she's in a rush. They were like, she's on a tight timeline, blah, 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 blah. And I stepped into the hallway. She was walking out the door and she turned around and she said to me, would you like a picture? I said, she, she asked because she felt it. What? She felt, oh my she felt God. spirit. And she turned back around and she even afraid. She said, no, let's not face this way. Let's face the light. She took that picture. I got, I'll, I'll send you that. You've probably seen it on, on my Facebook. No, I want it. You send, you but send it was just that moment. This was like, 
I can't, you know, like this is all God. So yeah. So I feel like my moments aren't about the, the money that I have gained or the, or the, or the contracts that I've been able to secure it. My success is driven in every little moment that I can check off on my vision board. Every little moment that God said, remember, I got you. All of those moments are what I lean into, you know, because that is where the, the, that is how you are able to live fully when you just stay present, you know? So that, that's now, what, Melissa, I didn't know you were about to take me to church. I didn't know that I was signing up to be on the front pew. Okay. This is like everything to me. You know why? Because I'm a huge manifester and I believe in that. And I know that that gave you the fuel that you needed probably for the rest of the decade, right? Like just to be able to be in that room, number one, any doubt, any imposter syndrome, because we all still have it at times, you know? All of that goes out the window. And then for Oprah to be in this zone to where she knows people want pictures from her. We know she knows that. Right. But for her to just be like, you want me to bless you, baby? Let me bless you. Exactly. (laughs) That's what it felt like. It was felt like, you know, she was she just she she just her back was turned to me, but she felt it. But see, here's the interesting thing. I've always known that she and I have a connection. I've always known it. We have a very, very similar background she grew up no running water and electricity you know i mean if you look when, when i when i when i correlate a lot of her experiences some of them tragic you know some of them you know triumphant i'm just like there's a lot of parallels you know going to college in tennessee i went to college in tennessee like all you know there's just a ton of these parallels so it was just it was almost prophetic that moment because it because because i was the only one that was able to get a photo with her of all the people that were there wow Wow. I'm I'm over here. I, if I was sitting next to you, I'd probably rub your hand just to get a little bit that, that, that mojo. You know, uh, I always say this because I, I've been saying this probably since 95. I've always said, I won't meet Oprah. I will know Oprah. Yeah, exactly. Like that is important to me. Just so I can say, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for us seeing her, mm-hmm. you know, would we really know that there were true limitless possibilities? We know that they are, but to see someone who looks like you, who is from this background that should not be right. Yep. That's the thing is that she never should have made it. Yeah. Never, never should have made see, it. That's what I was going to say. I want to, I don't want to trivialize this that, Oh, that she's happy because she took a picture. Oh no, that's not it. It is from where we came from. Statistically, we should not be in that room together. We should be dead. Given our, given where we come from, we should have starved to death. The man that we dated should have take, could have taken our lives. You know, the people who we work with could have, um, reduced us to infamacy because of jealousy and, 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 and all the things. If you look at Oprah's story, I mean, how many people have come for her in her lifetime? Even just up, to, right. re- even up to just recently, you know, people are like, oh, she's this. And, I'm going to tell you, it is not. It, 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 I mean, it is by grace that she was in that. And so am I. So that's what I look at. It's not about anything other than the fact that we have come very, very many of us are survivors of something. And if we don't celebrate our survivalhood, if we don't celebrate how far we've come, we don't celebrate the fact that we have overcome so that we can be where we are to live out our full life and our full selves and our full purpose, then we're sort of missing the bigger, missing the point. And so that's what I celebrate when I'm in that room with her is that we've served, we've overcome and we're, li- you know, we're doing what we love. No, I love every, everything about that. And, you know, that 
literally like i said i feel like that was for me i feel it mm. i feel it in my soul <laughs> now this saturday you can brunch with anyone in the world dead or alive and it can be more than one who are you brunching with oh lord you know what i don't want to brunch with Rumi, the great oh yes mm, what you seek because is seeking you right. yes when i look at these the, when i look at these po and i oftentimes repost the quotes from Rumi. I'm like, you was a deep, I mean, what, what, what's in that brain of yours? What is in that brain of yours? I want to sit down with somebody like that because I can't think like that. I can't come up with quotes like that, that makes you sink into deep thought and, 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 but it's so profound. It moves you because the meaning of it moves you. When you read a, when you read a, a Rumi quote or a poem, it moves you to a different dimension. I want to sit at the table and sip tea with 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 Rumi, and if know? I can just listen at the door or maybe take notes by his, by the feet, I'll be fine with that. Absolutely, I'll, I'll <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And and honestly, I mean, you already know the answer. I just said it. It, it will be Oprah. I mean, absolutely, because I've not had that. You know, I've had the moments of like meeting her in the room and seeing her from afar at an award show, but I want to sit at the table. I want to yeah. soak up that wisdom like she soaked it up from Maya Angelou, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be that. I want to. You know what I mean? So that I want to yeah, be oh, that proximity. <laughs> I do, I do, and, and it's a little. And I, I don't have any uh, shame about it. It's nothing to be ashamed of because I don't look at it as an idolization. I'm with you. I look at the hero of the story, the yeah. fact that in spite of it all, you're still standing. There's no excuse for any of us, right? Oh, because we yeah. are our ancestors' wildest dreams. Facts. And yes, so I'm I'm here for all of that, and that's why I continue to support. Uh, Oprah and and all that she stands for because I don't think people understand how challenging she is. Period. Just just to even have made it to the first Oprah Winfrey show is enough for us to still yeah. be talking about history books, right? And she did it for twenty five years. Twenty five years, never took a day off of the show, even if she was sick and bedridden. She showed up every. She showed up every day, and I just I admire that because I've had my days you know, when I still had to show up and I, and, and, you know, with an infant and, you know, things were world around me was falling apart. My marriage was falling apart, like all these things. And I still had to show up. I had to go on the red carpet and work with clients and, and, and make them look beautiful while my life was, was, you know, a lot of things was happening in my life. So that's what it, what it's about. You show up anyway, you know, and you push through. It doesn't mean that you have to be the strong, you know, like carrying that banner, but just knowing that, you know, you stand on the shoulders of giants and, 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 and we, you know, we, we have to push through in order to continue, you know, to, to just, to live and to live well and to live and to live righteously. Right. So that's really what I focus on. Oh, that's a good place to focus. <laughs> so as you, as you maneuver through your journey in this, in this new chapter, right? I don't even want to call it our new normal. I am not a person trying to rush to figure out what this world is going to be because I mm -hmm. feel like we're, we have everything we need. Yeah, like we do. we do. So as you are maneuvering and you are expanding the universe that is Melissa, right? <laughs> what vibes and prayers can we send your way to help you along your journey? Oh, that's beautiful. I've never been asked that question before. You know, I just want, you know, what I, what I want for everybody. I just, I, I, for me, I just appreciate the genuine love. Like I, you know, people like yourself and others who I've never laid eyes on, you know, directly don't know 
from Adam. But when you send me messages that I'm praying for you, just know, you know, that I'm praying for you. I'm thinking about you. I celebrate you, you know, those kinds of things. Those, th- that, that means a, tr- that means a lot, you know, when, like I said, because I have a lot of moments just when I think about how much more I can do and how much more I want to do and how much more I will do. And sometimes I feel overwhelmed by it. But then I get little messages and little DMs and little moments um, of love and inspiration. And that means a lot. So I would just say, just, you know, just continue to send me good vibes and um, tap into the things that I'm doing. I'm getting ready to launch a beauty box, you know, soon. And that beauty box is completely, I'm donating curated beauty box to women who are transitioning from shelter to home, shelter, uh, from homelessness to, to their own homes. You know, so I'm working with um, an organization that supports um, supports women in need. And I just decided during this time, I'm like self-care was one of the biggest things for me during this time. That's one of the biggest ways I was able to help me to kind of get through. But that's a luxury for me. And it is not a possibility for a lot of people. For a woman who is struggling, going through homelessness, domestic violence, whatever the case, the last thing she can do right now is to do something for herself. So my beauty box is called You Matter, and I'm going to be uh, working with organizations to distribute them curated by me. And so it's just all those little things that I'm doing. You know, I do it in the name of beauty. I do it to inspire um, and to and and to empower others. And uh, if you can just send that energy towards me, that's that's all I can ask for. You got it, Melissa, seriously. <laughs> and that's that's a beautiful thing to give back in that way. And we will want, we want to support you. So of course, please let everybody know where they can follow you and how they can support you. Yeah. So I am at everywhere at Melissa Hibbert, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-H-I-B-B-E-R-T everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. LinkedIn. (laughs) Yes. And of course you guys, everything will be in the show notes. So don't worry. And I want you to, to, as you listen, and as you remember what you're supposed to remember, which is if she can, I can, we all can. I want you to tag Melissa, tag Brunch and Slay with one thing you took away from this episode. Just on social media, whatever platform we're there, you know, we're at Melissa Hibbert Hibbert and at Brunch and Slay. And we just want to say thank you because none of this is possible without your support. And we live for sharing the love and sharing the light with you. So thank you, Melissa, for sharing your afternoon with me, for sharing your experiences with the Bunch of Slay Tribe. And I am sending nothing but good vibes your way. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and the Brunch and Slave tribe of, 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 of listeners. Um, you guys are all amazing. And I just wish you all the best. Continue to thrive and love on each other. <laughs> oh, thank you. All right, guys, you know what to do. Until next time, this is Brunch and Slay. <laughs>